Hello, lovely single mums, and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be talking about how to prepare for Christmas as a co-parent. Yes, I don't mean to frighten anyone, but as I speak now, Christmas is only 45 days away. Um, My name is Lucy Good, and I'm the founder of Beanstalk, an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mothers from all walks of life. And I'm very excited because I have got my first ever return guest on this podcast. Um, She's my go-to lady and fountain of family law knowledge, Vanessa Hernandez from BT Lawyers. Now, if you've not come across Vanessa yet on any of my Beanstalk platforms, um, then you've not been on them enough, basically. Um, Vanessa is a solicitor who's been practicing family law for about 10 years now Um, and not only does she head up the family law department at BT Lawyers but she's also a nationally accredited mediator all of which makes her a perfect guest for our chat today. Welcome Vanessa. Thank you Lucy, it's great to be back on. (laughs) Lovely to have you back. Now um, I'm saying it's 45 days till Christmas but it takes me a day or two to publish my podcast. So I expect by the time people are listening to this, it will probably be more like about 40 um, days, which isn't a lot. And on my uh, Single Mum Vine Facebook group, there are already heaps of questions um, about Christmas. And there's a mixture of excitement, of course, because we do like, like a bit of a celebration. But also there's a worry um, about whether we can host perfect Christmases, whatever that is, as a single mother. There's no doubt that it is a testing time for co-parents, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. It's definitely a difficult and sensitive um, topic because everyone has their own uh, traditions, I guess, and uh, events that they look forward to, but um, it's a good time to start planning for it now. Yeah, to get prepared. I think for anyone, Christmas, as much as we try to enjoy it can be a testing time but as co-parents it's that little bit harder and you can be doing so well all year um, but the complications around Christmas can um, can really really uh, put put that uh, fragile relationship to the test so what would you say the most common struggles are for co-parents at Christmas um, I think, well, the most common one is, is most of the time just reaching an agreement um, or, or not planning anything at all. Um, so the number of people who just encounter problems because they leave it to the very last minute or think that they'll uh, be able to agree on the day or on the week of Christmas. So um, you've got some time now. I think now's a good time to start having a chat to your former spouse about um, what to do and um, how those arrangements should take place. Um, I think another very common one is that people sometimes do reach an agreement, but um, the terms that they put in place are quite ambiguous um, or quite confusing, um, and that leads to a lot of mistakes on the actual day of uh, a Christmas. So uh, probably some of my biggest tips right now are to uh, start planning now, uh, be specific with what you do agree to. Um, and make sure that everyone is aware and in, in, in agreement with what the plan is um, as soon as possible, if you can. And when you say put an agreement together, is it necessary to have something like that go through a solicitor or is it, you know, usually is it just a verbal thing that people would do? I guess it depends, wouldn't it, on the relationship you have with your ex? 
Absolutely. So, you know, you can definitely have a, a solicitor put something in writing if you're worried about um, the parties uh, complying with it or there being misunderstandings on the day. Uh, but if you are relatively okay talking terms with your ex, then uh, there shouldn't be a problem with you communicating with them. I would still recommend that whatever you agree to is then somehow documented in writing, even if it's by a text message or in an email, um, just so that you both have something to refer back to uh, rather than, you know, and, that, and I think that stops those misunderstandings later on, really. Mm, yeah, and th I think with Christmas as well, one of the issues is you've got both your families involved as well. So it's not just the parents who want to be with the kids, but the grandparents and the aunts and the uncles perhaps all want to be together for Christmas Day and you're perhaps bringing in all those other people into the equation to try to keep everybody happy. So that must complicate it a lot. Oh, absolutely, yes, yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not an easy time, is it? No, not at all. But um, look, I say to a lot of my clients that um, if you can't reach an agreement this time around, don't panic. Um, do the best you can uh, for your child or children. Um, to get through this day uh, and make sure that the next special event that comes around you, you pre-plan and, and have something in place. So um, most people have a number of special occasions coming up uh, with Easter next year and all of those sorts of things. So um, this isn't the be-all and end-all if you haven't got this perfectly in place. We can definitely do it for future events, yeah. And you can learn from each one, can't you? What, what works and what doesn't, perhaps tweak it for the next year as well. Definitely, yes, yeah, yeah. So I think that um, what I do like about Australia, because obviously I'm from the UK, but here in Australia you celebrate Boxing Day big time. Mm. Um, so if you don't have your child on Christmas Day, which I know is difficult, you mm. can have a really cool Boxing Day with them because it's still another really good day as, as part of the holiday, isn't it? Whereas in England, we're a bit more kind of relaxed. Christmas is over and that's that. But you've got a Boxing Day as well to celebrate here. Um, so pull that day into it as well. And then you've got another day to play with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because I, I was having a look online about it and um, I was reading something and don't quote me on this because I just, you know, as you do when you flick through Google, it was saying about courts being really busy on Christmas Eve, trying to get things signed for people. I mean, do some people, I, I love your advice that you're giving us, get this sorted now so you know what you're doing and you've got plenty of time to negotiate. But do people sometimes, and can you go right up till Christmas, organizing everything and get, getting things signed off and confirmed? Hmm. Well, if you're, if you're looking for a, a um, consent order and you don't have proceedings in place, um, right now you could still be getting that done uh, between you and your ex or with a lawyer involved or lawyers involved for each of you um, and they certainly can be filed at any time. Um, I do say that um, they can take two to four weeks to issue um, so you're, you're sort of cutting it in that time. Um, the courts do get extremely busy with the number of consent orders that are, uh, are being submitted around this time. Um, so the sooner you submit it, the more likely that they might have issued um, before Christmas comes around. Um, if you've got proceedings on foot, then uh, if you've got a court date before uh, Christmas, uh, you're likely to be able to get some orders about what those arrangements will look like um, before then. Um, and if you hadn't planned to do so, then it, now's the time to start um, discussing that with the other party uh, because you can definitely have that agreement prior to or on the date of your, your court hearing. 
Mm. And I think the whole family wants to know where they stand on Christmas Day, and especially um, the child or children involved. They want to know what the plans are. All their friends are talking about their plans for the day. So if you leave it too late and you can't give them answers, they probably feel a bit confused and worried about Christmas as well, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. It's good. It's good to give stability, and and everybody then knows where they're meant to be. Yeah, and we know how much food we have to buy. <laughs> and how much alcohol and everything else um so you you know the best laid plans and all that um if it does go wrong um what what advice can we give the single mothers listening if their exes let them down on the day so not just um in terms of how to handle it afterwards but also at the time if something goes wrong on that special day what's the best best action for them to take um, look, for me, uh, the advice I would give to a client is that um, you take care first and foremost of uh, the children and their interests. Um, it's easy to fall into a, a tit-for-tat sort of situation that if someone withholds the kids, you do the same, um, those sorts of things. But you've just got to remember that you've got to put your best foot forward and the kids just need one example and one parent uh, to try and reduce conflict. So my advice to my clients is always to be that parent. Um, don't create a toxic environment for them. Try and stay calm and, and focused throughout that. Um, and um, I would say acknowledge the mistakes in writing. So if someone's done something wrong, send an email to acknowledge what the agreement was and, and what should have happened and what actually did happen. Um, speak to your legal team if you've got one or get some advice um, once everyone's back on board in the new year um, so that you can figure out how to stop this from happening again. Um, I would also say that um, there's always a risk during this time because it is the silly season um, that there are you know, additional financial strains, um, unrealistic expectations by parties, um, increased alcohol consumption, mm. things mm. that lead to very volatile um, situations um, as well. So uh, be mindful of that and, and plan ahead, particularly if you know your ex to be quite um, aggressive or um, controlling. You know, You need to have an action plan in place. Um, to make sure that you and the kids are protected in case something does get out of hand as well. Yeah, because things are magnified really, aren't they, at Christmas? Everything, if if something goes wrong on a normal day, yes, it's annoying, yes, it has to be dealt with, but if it goes wrong on that day, it's a big issue for, for everyone involved. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, to me, safety is always first, so your safety and the safety of the kids. Um, their best interests uh, are what is uh, of paramount importance. Um, so the most common thing I, I often hear is that someone's withheld um, the children and not returned them at the time that was agreed. Um, and um, sometimes it gets quite messy because another party, you know, attends the home, tries to collect them, and um, it becomes a, a huge, um, you know, argument or discussion in front of the children, um, and sometimes becomes more volatile than that. So. Um, you know, my advice is be cautious of that. Involve the police if, if you absolutely need to. Um, but if not, um, and the children aren't at risk of harm and um, you know that they're safe, um, see, see, see or speak to a lawyer as soon as you can to try and get access back and start it again. Um, you know, te tearing children from one home to another is, is never really a good idea. Yeah, so just be do the right thing, be, be the right parent in that situation, mm -hmm. however hard it is, keep mm -hmm. everything as calm as possible. And it can just be as something as simple as 
you know, dad or mum or someone has too many drinks and they don't realise the time or they can't drive them back or, you know, because when alcohol is involved, it can just go so wrong, can't it? And, and, and everything is just multiplied and a lot harder. And um, a friend of mine who is a, a foster mother was saying that, in fact, Christmas Day is one of the busiest days um, at foster homes when when um, you know kids don't have anywhere to go and they're chucked out into the streets mm. which yeah. is just incredible isn't it but that build up to Christmas and the stress involved is just too much for some so stay calm keep calm Christmas spirit and all that um, and you mentioned when you guys are all back on board what your what are generally are are your days off around Christmas generally for for lawyers when when can people get back on and start um, contacting you and making arrangements after um, Christmas yeah so this is quite important because a lot of people don't realize that uh, the majority of family law firms will close over the Christmas period so some will close from the week before uh, Christmas um, and some won't reopen for uh, you know, anywhere between one to two weeks um, after the new year so the second week of January um, I know of some firms that won't open till about the third week of January, so it's very important that you uh, factor all of that in because it's not only the courts that get sort of inundated with um, uh, questions and um, inquiries about Christmas arrangements, but also law firms. Um, so, you know, it's best to get in sooner rather than later if you've got those questions because you might find uh, that lawyers start to have uh, much limited capacity to, to assist uh, getting closer and closer to Christmas. Okay. And that period after Christmas, if somebody has got a family lawyer that they already use and would like to continue using, but they do have an emergency matter, um, mm-hmm. what should they do in that case if their lawyer is not open until the third week of January and they really need to get something done? Um, my advice is if you really anticipate that you will uh, likely have a problem, and usually I know the clients that um, are sort of in that situation where it would become problematic, um, it's usually the lawyer's job to um, anticipate that and then plan for it. So, um, you know, get your advice from your lawyer as to what a, a, an action plan could look like. Um, in some cases, it might be to seek uh, police assistance or report matters, uh, depending on how serious it is to uh, the Department of Child Safety. Uh, certain law firms will have uh, emergency lines that, that you can call. Um, so if something does go wrong, um, your call will be attended to and someone will find assistance for you. Um, but otherwise, my, my, my best advice is if you anticipate it's a problem, make sure you tell your lawyer, make sure you, the two of you have an action plan in place um, in case you need urgent assistance during that break. Um, and the law firm should hopefully be able to accommodate that for you. Okay. And just, um, I'm just thinking, this, this goes slightly off the subject, but mm. do sometimes couples come in and have a mediator session before Christmas to chat things through? I mean, it, can that help? Because sometimes it's just so hard to communicate, isn't it? So pulling um, both parties in with somebody else sitting there, is that, is that an option? Absolutely. So a lot of the government agencies like the Family Relationship Centre, they might um, be a little bit more difficult leading up to Christmas to get into because they might have um, waiting lists. 
Now they're the ones that usually will have limited cost, so so it's a, a lot more suitable for a lot more people. Um, however, there are plenty of private mediators available. They will cost you a little bit more, um, but they are likely to have more availability, um, and they should be able to fit you in uh, with or without legal representation. So many of them will do uh, both um, to be able to try and help you come up with a plan for for Christmas and and the holiday period in general. I can just imagine it would sometimes it must be a lot quicker just to sit down thrash it all out sitting at a table together rather than toing and flowing by emails it just might be easier to do it that way so uh, you know maybe one or two mediator sessions could be a good idea at this stage if you are having some issues around what's going to happen at Christmas it could really save the day. Yeah, absolutely. It would definitely uh, be a faster process, um, whereas there might be a bit of cost involved in engaging that private mediator. You're both paying for that mediator, so it's a shared cost. Um, and if you reach a resolution on that day, then you've got the agreements that day rather than um, after various days of, as you said, emails being exchanged backwards and forwards. So, yeah, an option. And there's also the option, I guess, of having a session after Christmas if things don't go quite to plan you know obviously if they go disastrously wrong possibly a mediator session wouldn't be right but maybe just to discuss what worked what didn't and how they can put something in place for future Christmases so I suppose utilize the mediator service um, if you need to to get the decisions made and to get things on track um, whenever you need it yeah definitely Um, and I know with my own little girls that um you know, we they start they start talking about Christmas in October, if not before, and they constantly want to know what the plans are. And for many years, they've wanted to get me and their dad together for the day. And for many years, we <laughs> have all come together, and um, it's, it's been quite difficult. And now they don't mind as much. You know, they don't force us to spend the day together and we're quite relaxed anyway. So we might spend a few hours together or whatever. But why I'm saying it is because kids really want to be involved. I mean, it is their day. Uh, they want to be the ones to make the decisions um, and they want everything to go their way and they want to get everything that they've asked for. But how much should we involve the kids in these decisions or should we just make them and tell the kids what we're doing? I mean, in your experience, how much involvement should we let them have? Um, look, I would uh, say to a client that I would never stop children from expressing what they would love um, or would like for, for the holiday, holiday period. Um, it's always good to know what they're feeling. Um, but at the end of the day, I do say that um, you know they are the parents, so they have to be able to make the decisions that are in the best interest of the child. It won't always be best uh, to make the arrangements that the child wants. Um, so it's absolutely important that parents do use their critical judgment as to what will be in the child's best interest, um, despite what they might be saying. Um, what I don't um, like to hear is when uh, parents uh, use the children as a vehicle to communicate um, with the other parent what arrangements they want or place the children in the middle, um, because I think when, when parents try and do that, um, the children start to carry the emotions of the parents and the problems of the parents on their own shoulders um, and they start to feel that they're sort of caught in the middle of a tug of war between those parents. Um, so it's important that you you aren't putting your own 
wishes and your own thoughts on, on your children's shoulders to carry um, or communicate to the other parent. Um, certainly listen to them, um, certainly discuss it with the other parent. Um, but overall, I think as long as you're making the decision that is best for them overall, uh, taking into account their needs as well as uh, previous traditions and, um, and events that you have had in the past, um, as well as your own uh, risks and safety concerns, that's the, the main thing that you need to do overall. Yeah, you need to take control a little bit, don't you? I, we've, we've been bossed around by our children too much at Christmas, I think. And I, I think what's important is routine as well, because yeah. as a family, there were probably quite a few Christmas routines and they are perhaps out the window as um, once you're co-parenting. So it's a good idea to create new routines uh, which you carry on doing um, each Christmas. Um, something that we've started doing is... Um, they would go over to their dads and go out on the boat um, mm. with him. And that's now a Christmas Day thing that they will go off and do that together. Um, mm. And it wasn't something that happened when we were together as a family, but it's a really cool thing and it makes Christmas better in some ways. So routine is really important, isn't it, for children? Yeah, that's right. And as you said, you know, establishing new traditions, um, which... You know, they might miss the old ones, but certainly new ones um, and new normals basically are also uh, very welcome. Um, and, you know, that will form the future for them as well. So it's good. Yeah, it is. And we, we, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the one that you see on the TV, on the Audi adverts, does it? It can be <laughs> quite different <laughs> as long as everybody's relaxed. Um, and I think Christmas morning is a really big issue well I know it is a big issue it's a big issue for me and it's a big issue for mums on the single mum vine we often talk about um, them having problems with their exes um, who is going to have the kids on Christmas morning because it's a special time um, you know I would really like to have my kids every Christmas morning if I could um, as all parents would is that something that comes up a lot that Christmas morning thing Oh, absolutely. And I think it's important to remember that, you know, not one arrangement is um, perfect for every family. There's no um, exact formula. Um, I always say to my clients that uh, to think of what um, they would want, but also, you know, if they're thinking it, then the other side is, is likely thinking the exact same thing. Um, so, you know, if you want the same respect and want to have that time with the kids on a Christmas morning, it might be the case, unfortunately, that the next year you've got to give that time up to the other parent. Um, but I've got plenty of clients who do uh, very different arrangements. Some do, you know, one Christmas on and one Christmas off, um, just so that there's no interruption to that time. Um, some uh, clients will uh, interrupt Christmas Day, so one party might have uh, Christmas morning with the kids and the other one might have Christmas lunch um, and they'll alternate each year so that it's a little bit more fair for each party essentially and for the children to share those special moments uh, with their parents um, each alternate year as well. So plenty of different uh, arrangements you can put in place. It's just difficult, um, especially if it's the first time it's happening um, when you can't see them on Christmas morning or, or spend Christmas lunch with them, that sort of thing. So Yeah, it is hard, isn't it? It's hard for, hard for everybody involved, but it does get easier. <laughs> I can vouch for that. And I'm just wondering if anyone um, listening does what we did for many years, which was um, whoever had the kids Christmas morning... I just, sorry, that's just mine. I just turned that off. Uh, sorry about that. Um, 
yeah, I, I'm just checking. I've got my, no, I haven't got my phone on. It's just coming through. Sorry about that, everybody. Um, Christmas morning, whoever's house we were at, um, whoever's house the kids were at, we would, um, the other parent <laughs> would have to drive around to that house at five in the morning so that both parents were there for the stocking opening. <laughs> <laughs> that went on for about four years. And then we thought, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> Because the kids were like, we want both parents there for stocking opening. So there we were doing as we were told. <laughs> <You know? laughs> then we thought, this is crazy. But, um, but you know, there's all sorts of things at work, isn't there? That's the thing. And um, you just do what you have to do. And you might do something for a few years and then decide that isn't the right thing. And as the kids get older, of course, they want different things, don't they? So it, it does evolve and it changes. And I have to ask you as well about the presents. Do you have any issues or do you ever have to put anything in place regarding presents? Um, look, sometimes um, it does become an issue. It's, it's very rare these days, um, it, you know, but most of the time if a parent is seeing or spending time with the kids uh, at some point during that Christmas period, um, it's never an issue. Um, I have had some parents who, um, like, a, for example, a mother who... Uh, helps the child pick out a present for the other parent but the other parent doesn't do the same for the kids um, and so the kids get disappointed that you know dad got a present but mum didn't um, from them so I think it's important to think about how the kids will feel uh, with all those sorts of things so rather than presents for kids and how the kids will feel about um, what they can give to you as well mm. um, and making sure that um, you're you know on par with that um, I've had some parents who, um, you know, have different financial situations. So, you know, you might have mum who gets a, a modest present and dad who decides to buy half the shopping centre for the child. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I think so there's again, quite a lot of that happening, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, they, they, I have parents who discuss all of that to make sure that um, what the children get is... is um, you know, relatively this, a similar situation between both parents um, as well, so one doesn't feel more left out than the other. Um, so definitely we, we do get um, issues around that uh, quite regularly. Um, but my, my best advice is, again, in the same way that you discuss your uh, Christmas arrangements and time arrangements, if you know that these things are going to be an issue, um, definitely discuss them. Um, I know that there are some parents who won't see their children at all uh, during that time. Um, so it's important that you uh, don't lose hope if that's the case. Um, those things can be hopefully rectified. Um, but um, if you know that you're not going to be able to see uh, your child or children this Christmas, um, still try and see what you can do in terms of sending a card or uh, a present by post or delivered um, or through an agreed family member even um, so that your, your kids do know that you are thinking about them. That's still perfectly okay. And that's especially hard, isn't it, not being with your kids at all at Christmas. Um, and I, I have a lot of um, ladies who struggle with that. And even if it's just half the day or part, you know, perhaps they have the kids in the morning and then they go for the rest of the day to dad. Uh, we did last year have some mums actually on the Facebook group um, meet up on Christmas Day, mm. which was just fantastic because you know, reach out. There are other people out there in the same situation as yourself. And um, on my Facebook group, the single mum vine, come on, you know, put it out there. Tell people roughly where you're living, what part of the day you're on your own. 
and you never know there might be another single mum who can meet up with you for a glass of bubbles or some Christmas cake or something just to make the day a little bit easier but there's absolutely no need um, to sit at home on your own and feel down because you just need to reach out to others because we're all happy to help around this time yeah and so that probably leads me quite on to my last question for you which is really your your top tips um to get through the day emotionally (laughs) and to to actually enjoy it yeah that's right i think um the, the biggest reminder is to to just remember that even if things don't go according to plan um or even if you can't reach an agreement and it ends up being quite a messy day um focus on the kids and making the day special for them because uh, it's their time, I guess, um, and everything you do is really for them. So as long as you're um, making the day special for them, um, I know it's probably a bitter pill to swallow during that time if if things go wrong, um, but just make sure that you go out of your way to make their day special and and normalise the situation for them as much as possible. Um, And just remember that um, you shouldn't give up just because things went wrong this time doesn't mean it can't be fixed um, next time um, and certainly if you if you get some advice from someone they'll be able to point you in the right direction as to what you might need to do to make sure that errors or mistakes or, or um, miscommunications don't happen in future um, and just a reminder to be as specific as possible you know I've got plenty of clients who say to me oh yes we've agreed to change over on Christmas Day but they've not agreed to a time or a place um, or what happens if a parent runs late or can't uh, collect those sorts of things um, so it's it's important to think about things that might go wrong and raise them so that you've got an action plan in the event that those things happen um, but also at the same time don't overdo it so don't over plan and make an agreement that is so inflexible that you um, end up breaching it yourself <laughs> um, so, um, I've got plenty of clients who go to the other extreme and I, I mm. say to them well this is this does not allow for any sort of mishap or, or speed bump along the way so um, you know, do do stay flexible. Uh, do remember that there's there's um, other occasions and and things you can do for those further occasions. Um, and don't give up. You know, uh, even if you're being offered, if you're on the other end of things and you're only being offered a very limited amount of time, take it because it, whatever limited time is um, is the time that the children have with you, mm-hmm. um, and make that time with them special. So. Um, we can always be fixed at another time. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. And I was while you were talking, I was just thinking perhaps another thing is just there's a long time between this Christmas and next Christmas. So would it be a good idea to make those plans for next Christmas as soon as you can, whilst you've got fresh in your mind perhaps what went wrong, rather than wait for a year and then think, oh, you know, I can't quite remember all the things that went wrong on Christmas Day last year so you can't rectify them it's quite good to perhaps sort that out earlier rather than later oh absolutely and you know think about um, the other special occasions that will come mm. earlier than that so you know you'll have Easter that comes up you'll have um, your birthday and children's birthdays other special occasions um, and holiday periods uh, between now and Christmas so if you know what didn't work on this occasion you can still apply it to those further special occasions um, and make sure you pre-plan for them so there's no well I can never say that there'll be no disappointment but you'll limit um, the risk of that disappointment in future as well um, 
And, you know, probably the other advice I'll give you is to be responsible for yourself, despite what the other person might do. Um, be the one that is responsible, because if your matter ever lands in court, uh, the court will never accept an argument of, oh, I only did it because he did it. Um, that's not the right the right argument, um, especially if you're the primary parent, um, the burden on you is always going to be higher and the court's always going to put more responsibility on your shoulders. So um, do, do the right thing, even if the other parent isn't, um, and don't uh, jump on board and play silly games even if the other parent is, you know, do the best for your kids um, and even if it might be disheartening in that moment, uh, there are other Christmases and there are other special events and we can always be sure to make sure that um, the issues are fixed before then. Mm. And if you think that the day is going to be really difficult for you and you're really going to have to you know, you'll be under a lot of pressure to make it run well. Perhaps you're not looking forward to Christmas Day because of that. Um, then maybe you could even say to yourself, well, I've just got to get through this day for the kids and then we'll do something really nice on Boxing Day or the day after and I'll kind of treat that as my Christmas treat because I think that we can be so much on our trying so hard to, to get through it for the kids to enjoy it that we don't and then you yeah. can start feeling almost a little bit bitter and yeah. oh you know this is my Christmas as well and it's just so stressful and I'm, you know I'm on edge but if you've perhaps planned something else to do something that you'll enjoy to do with the kids or even without the kids that you can say is my Christmas treat and then that can maybe help you on the day. Absolutely. Um, if you know that there's something um, big and wonderful to look forward to and the kids have that, um, they, they, a lot of children, especially the younger ones, won't know the exact date or time, etc. and so on. That won't register for them. Uh, what will register is how special you make the day. Um, so, you know, if it's that day or the day before or the day after, that's what they'll remember. They will, absolutely. Oh, well, look, there's so much advice there. I can't wait to publish this podcast and help all the single mums out there. Um, I know that lots of them are feeling apprehensive and they're not alone. Um, people feel apprehensive about Christmas Day anyway, um, even when they're not co-parenting. Um, look, before we go, Vanessa, could you just tell the mums listening um, where they can find you if they'd like to chat with you any more about Christmas as a co-parent? Absolutely. Um, you can uh, give us a call um, here at the office. We, we are Brisbane-based, um, but we can uh, do telephone conferences as well, so don't worry if you can't make it straight into the office. Um, you can just Google us on uh, BT Lawyers um, and you'll find our website quite easily and follow the prompts through to um, make an appointment. Uh, we do offer um, a free appointment for Beanstalk Mums, so just make sure you let us know that's how you've heard of us. Um, and we'll be sure to make that noted. Um, so our appointment is free for an hour, um, which gives us an opportunity to just give you some general pointers and general advice that hopefully gives you a hand um, with whatever you might need to deal with. Um, you shouldn't ever feel like you need to commit, so we don't sign you up right there and then. Um, so don't feel like uh, afraid, I guess, that if you call us, you've got to sign up with us. That's not the case. Um, we're happy to offer that one hour for free uh, just to have a chat to you and um, we go from there. Um, the main thing for us is to get to know you and make sure you get to know us um, and that we're the right fit. And if you decide then that um, you do want us to help you out with anything, um, we would be happy to help you out. Okay, that's great. And I know that um, a lot of um, single mums from 
Beanstalk and the Single Mum Vine have already spoken to you on several occasions and I've had some excellent feedback. So Vanessa, once again, thank you for your invaluable and most importantly, understandable advice. (laughs) (laughs) No problems, my pleasure. Thank you. And thank you, single mums, for listening. Now, I know it, Christmas is not always easy as a co-parent, especially in the early days. But like we've been saying, get prepared nice and early Keep the lines of communication open and remember that your day doesn't have to look like the front of a Christmas card. As long as your children know you are happy and relaxed, they will be too. And the magic of Christmas will come naturally. Until next time, ladies, goodbye.